how high would I climb mountain if the mountains were where you hide? Know how far I scale the valleys if you grace the other side. Know how long have I chased rivers from lowly seas to where they rise? Against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply. Cause in the highlands and the heartache, you're neither more nor less inclined. Well, I would search and stop at nothing, you're just not that hard to find. song 
Well, good morning and welcome back to uh, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org. If you are uh, checking out our website, hopeforvermont.org, we thank you again for being a part and uh, glad that it is, well, the end of July. I don't know if I'm glad it is or just looking forward to vacation, but uh, it is what it is. Jesus, we thank you again that we can come and worship you. We thank you that you are with us whether we are next to each other or separated by distance and miles, that your faithfulness is great and that your love is for us. So Jesus, we give you this day and ask that you would be lifted up by our life and uh, how we display you. We thank you, God, because you are the I Am. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, we do say welcome and uh, thank you for being a part of Living Hope Wesleyan Church, whether online or in person, 9 o'clock a.m. at Crossbrook Middle School. Today, next month, is going to be different. We'll get to that shortly. But the call to worship today is from Psalm 63. The book of Psalms is plural, but each psalm is singular. So Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I am... I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. In verse 8 of Psalm 63, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Amen and amen. May God add his blessing to the reading of his, of his word. As we continue this morning, we just say subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, you. Uh, YouTube, 
Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, wherever there's social media, we're likely there, except for TikTok. I cannot dance, and I have nobody to uh, run social media at this time, so we are not on TikTok, TikTok nor on Snapchat. And as we continue, we thank you for joining us and being a part of All Things Living Hope Wesleyan Church this Sunday morning. I do want to remind you that Sundays in August, beginning next week, we are going to be at uh, 5805 Waterbury-Stowe Road. That's simply the space behind the chapel campus here in Waterbury Center. 9 a.m. only, no uh, no 6.30 a.m. online service. So 9 a.m. only, in person, behind the chapel for the month of August. So hopefully you can plan to attend and are able to join us for that. At the 9 a.m. in person today and during uh, August, there will be kids packs available. And uh, we look forward to um, uh, having children out and providing uh, something for them as well. Connection cards, you can simply text me your email address. Just text me uh, your email address and we'll make you um, up to date on all the events taking place. We had a great campfire this past Friday. A lot of people came and shared and it was just awesome. Just the small talk, the s'mores were a lot of fun. But then a couple people just shared what led them to Living Hope Wesleyan Church, what God is doing in their lives and what a blessing it is just to see people and hear people share their stories with us. So as you would like to get involved, certainly uh, contact us and uh, make us make us aware and so the final announcement that I have is ahead it's September 24th it's a Saturday but there's going to be a two-man golf tournament it's a scramble so if you have a partner great if you don't we'll match you up with another individual we're going to play Blush Hill Country Club and that's uh, nine holes walking and you can rent a card if you would like, but the price would go up. But $15 if you pre-register, $20 a day of golf tournament, Saturday, September 24th. It is co-ed. We're excited about it. Hopefully it's a great outreach and people can see that uh, Christians are pretty bad golfers as well as normal people. So anyway, that's taking place and coming up um, next month. Just as a reminder, we do have... Um, uh, the outdoor service, so bring a lawn chair next week and the Sundays in August, bring a lawn chair. You can park here at the chapel and walk over. You can park along my parents' driveway as well. The memory verse for this month, hopefully we have it memorized, Luke 19.10, the final fri- uh, Sunday in July, five Sundays in July. It's Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are Lost. The Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and save those, us, who are lost. Save us, to find us, to choose us, to redeem us. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Amen. Thanks be to God. As we go into our prayer time, I just wanted to mention a friend of mine, Greg Boyce. Um, some of you may have seen his uh, Facebook video that he put up as he was dealing, processing, working through um, cancer. Uh, He's just been admitted into hospice care, and we just want to pray for him and his family as well. So um, as as we have prayer requests, I encourage you to email Stacey Granfield that makes us aware. There is a guided prayer outline on Thursdays. There's also the email prayer chain as you would like to be added to that. Contact her. Or as you have requests that you would like us to be praying for and with you about, just let her know. 
that's my dog in the background, Bailey, just uh, crying because she can't be in here with me. Uh, but let's go to prayer. And I know that you may have prayer requests as well. Simply type those in the comment section or uh, send those direct message. Email me, pastor at hopeforvermont.org, pastor at hope, F-O-R, Vermont spelled out, dot O-R-G. But Jesus, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that in our mourning, in our sorrow, in our grief, you are there. We thank you that you celebrate with us, that you've given us victory, that you help us, that we would know your love and your joy and be a part of your family. We thank you that we can bear one another's burdens. We thank you that we are not alone. We thank you, God, because you are so good. And Jesus, we just pray today for Greg and his family that you would Surround them with your presence in a way that they embrace you, that they not only know you, but they continue to show you that others would know of your hope in such a difficult time. And Father, for those within our congregation, for those that are watching online, for those that are listening, we just ask God that they might receive and embrace and hold on tightly to you that they would understand that we have salvation in you and we would dare to believe and put our faith in you. We thank you, God, because you are so good. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, amen. And it is uh, good to pray for one one another. Uh, we do continue to thank you for your sacrifice and giving, tithes and offerings, uh, just to help us financially, not only to, quote, keep the doors open or the lights on or to meet with you online, but also to um, pay for my salary and the expenses of living in a parsonage that's old and dated, but also to reach out to those in need in our local community. This past week, I was able to bless, encourage, help uh, to families that are pregnant, about to uh, give birth, and it's going to be their first child for each of these families, and we're very excited about that and excited to give. And if you know of those in need that we could encourage, that we could be a resource, that the hygiene pantry could uh, just help, please let me know or let someone know uh, that's on the LAC, which is Stacy Granfield, Elisa Krasinski, and Dennis Doherty. We just want to be an encouragement. So we thank you for your continued giving through tithes and offerings, whether it's online, hopeforvermont.org, the Be Generous tab, or mailing checks to the Chapel Campus, 5793 Waterbury Still Road, Waterbury Center, 05677. That's 5793 Waterbury Still Road, Waterbury Center, or giving at the in-person gatherings as well. But um, we look forward to uh, this Sunday. I do. Uh, as this is the final Sunday on screen, at least for a little while, and looking as we continue through the book of Acts. So we go previously, previously, in case you missed it, or as a refresher, previously we talked about Acts 1-1, how Dr. Luke wrote to his friend, and he was telling him about everything Jesus began to do and teach, and the importance that we would learn from, walk with, and invest in others. At the campfire, it came out that it would be awesome to have prayer partners that we would text Bible verses, or encouragement, or prayer requests to, that we would have those that we could engage 
engage in conversation online, utilizing social media for something positive, that we would use God's word, that we would pray to him, that we would share scripture and encourage each other, that we would know that we are not alone, that we would share what God is showing us he might use to encourage someone else, that we might be in a position where God would use us to learn from, walk with, and invest in others. Because Acts is all about the spread, the expansion, the truth of the gospel, the unigalion, the big C church, that people would be invited into God's forgiveness, that they would receive his salvation, that they would come questioning and wondering, but they would no longer wander, but they would just be exposed to the truth and presence of Jesus and make changes in their life, that they might receive his power, that they would be his witnesses, and they would tell people about him everywhere, as we're told in Acts 8 is indeed the case. As they were looking for someone to replace Judas Iscariot, as they were looking for someone to come in and help as they were putting it in our terms as we're looking and praying for people to help us with the children's ministry to help us with the music ministry to look to the fall and see how we can connect with our local community and reach out to them that they might know that God loves them that he is for them and so are we they met together and were constantly united in prayer what if we were constantly united in prayer asking God for his will on earth as it is in heaven to be be done to bring salvation. Let's meet together and be united in prayer, whether we pray face to face, shoulder to shoulder, or screen to screen, that we know that God is for us and God is for others, so we can be for others as well. Being adopted, being chosen, being wanted, being not alone, but knowing that God wants us, He chose us, we are a part of His family. It's the good news of the gospel. It's the good news of knowing who Jesus is. It's understanding that when David was called, Samuel, well, he was told, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I've rejected the older brother. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see him. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart but the Lord looks at the heart. Let's remember that as God calls us, he does not look at our sin. He looks at Jesus. God sees those forgiven through the lens of the salvation of his son, Jesus. So on the day of Pentecost, excuse me, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. So if you weren't there, then you weren't there. I put a post on Facebook just asking a question, like, for those that do not attend a local church regularly, why? And there are different responses. Some people responded online. Some sent me a private message. And it was an interesting display of, maybe you've seen that, uh, that meme, of the gazelle and there's a herd of gazelles all together and then there's one gazelle being chased by a lion and they said there's power in being part of the herd i think that applies to being a part of a local church gathering all together then what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the holy spirit and began speaking in other languages as the holy spirit gave them the ability they were speaking 
in other languages that could understand the gospel, the good news, the truth of scripture, the reality of Jesus? What if? How can we display Jesus in this culture, in this society, in this educated institutions that Jesus is real, that Jesus is for us, that Jesus has given us a way to cope and not just cope, but overcome anxiety and deal with chaos to understand that there's great meaning even as you're on your deathbed there's phenomenal meaning to this life that we can share with others about the eternal life of Jesus the truth of God the way that he's given Jesus does not look at the outward appearance but he sees the heart he has a plan for us they were completely amazed in Acts 2, 7. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. They went on to ask another question. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. And as they were asking, what can this mean for us? How can this be? This is good news. Some said, oh, I'm going to ridicule. They're just drunk. There's no depth to it. There's no truth to it. It's simply a fairy tale. It's one of Aesop's fables. It's something that has a meaning, but it does not directly apply to your life. It is fiction. And I am here to say it is not fiction. It is the truth and reality of Jesus that he loves us so much. And as in Acts 2, Peter stepped forward. Peter stepped forward and he started to share, listen carefully, Make no mistake about this. And he goes on to say from Joel, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Peter stepped forward and then he declares what was known from before that was said in the Old Testament that he grew up perhaps learning everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. After just being a part of Jesus' ministry, Peter can share after just watching Jesus die, after just seeing his own forgiveness, Peter can say, but everyone, even me who denied Jesus three times I was restored by him over a campfire and breakfast even now I can say everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and Peter goes on to share what took place but God released him God endorsed Jesus and then he released him after his death he was raised back to life death could not keep its grip on him Peter was sharing his own testimony. Peter was sharing from the Old Testament what had taken place because he had just experienced it. What you had heard about, what you had thought was just your grandparents or just from vacation Bible school on that flannel graph board or just what took place way back when. Peter was saying, no, I've just experienced it. Listen to me. Listen to me. He goes on and to say, to quote again from the Old Testament. This is Psalm 16, 8 through 11. He says, King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. This is Peter quoting Psalm 16 to those that are watching, to those that are ridiculing, to those that are criticizing, to those that are saying, don't listen. They aren't making sense. They're just drunk. And Peter's saying, no. 
we are saying this for a purpose that you would understand God's forgiveness, that God loves you, that your deepest, darkest past, it is forgivable. It is redeemable. You need to confess it to Jesus and say, I have sinned. I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I choose to follow you because without you, there is no hope. Without you, I'm going to be coping and dealing and supplementing with things that do not give me joy, but they numb the pain. And Jesus is saying, you do not need to numb the pain. You can walk in joy and overcome and no longer be addicted. Maybe, maybe, and I would suggest that once an alcoholic, all always an alcoholic. But God can give you, you do not put yourself in a place of temptation. Do not put your place Put yourself in a place where you have to say, Jesus, save me. But you can constantly say, Jesus, I'm alive in you. I'm alive in you. I'm alive in you. Instead of in a position where you are always are asking God to save you. The Lord is right beside me. Psalm 16, 8 through 11 is where Peter quotes. And he concludes with this verse. Acts 2, 28. You have shown me the way of life. And you will fill me with the joy of your presence. You have shown me the way of life. You will give me, provide for me, fill me with the joy of your presence. Colossians 3.3, we are hidden with Christ in God. The joy of being hidden with Christ in God. Being wrapped in his arms of love. Being forgiven. Being redeemed. This is what he calls us into what he says is for us. This is what Peter is saying. Hey, you have probably heard this story. And it's not just a story to hear about, but it is a life to be lived, to experience. This is David who was chosen. He killed Goliath. He was named king. But then he fell in a huge way. He sinned. He gave in to temptation. But he repented and he was restored. So let's not remember David for his lowest moment. Let's remember David for being forgiven. It is not fair, and that's why it's called grace. There are consequences. There were deep, long, hard, difficult consequences for David as there are for you and for my sin. But we do not have to live with shame and guilt. We can understand that God's forgiven us. So we live with great humility, as Joseph had to understand how to live, as the Lord was with him. We go on in Acts 2, 29 through 32, we find these words. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. You visit his tomb. You give honor. You lay flowers. You think about, wow, what a great king David was. What a great man was written about, has been written about David of the Old Testament, the king. You can visit that. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. David was telling us not about himself. He was not gloating at look at me. It was not saying, hey, you remember my past, but look at me now. He was saying, you have seen my past, but look at my Savior. You 
have heard what I've done. You've seen the the consequences of my choices, but I want you to know that there is a Savior. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. It was not just that you have died, that you live this life. That's part of the eternal life, but it's more of, it's more about the eternal life that God gives us to live now that others might know the joy of his salvation in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. God did a miraculous thing, and Christians, when we try to talk about Jesus, we must talk about the truth of his resurrection, the fact that his remains have never been found, that you can go and you can research and try to find the remains of Jesus. But as people visited David's tomb and knew that his bones, his DNA was still there, Jesus is no longer buried. This is the great hope that Christians have, that we do not celebrate one that has died. We celebrate one that not only lived, but that is resurrected. One that is with us, that according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, has come. The Counselor is here. The one that is for us continues to live. This is the great hope that we have, that God raised Jesus from the dead. We are witnesses of this, and because we are witnesses of this, we need to give witness and share that he is alive with others. That is the great miracle. That might be a sticking point. That is where faith comes in, that though you can't see it, you must believe that Jesus is alive, that he gave us his Holy Spirit. What can this mean? What can this mean? It can mean forgiveness. It can mean salvation. It means for freedom and a healing and joy and peace and hope and not just a hope of what if maybe, but an assurance that we know the risen Savior. We know the true God. Is it exclusive? Yes. It's only for those that follow the way, the truth, and the life that give themselves to walking in Jesus, to being filled with his presence, to being consumed by him. This is what we have. Now, he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven. This is Acts 2.33. At God's right hand, and the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. It was not something that people manufactured. It was not something that people could bring to their uh, forefront of their mind. It was not something that they had learned before, but it was the Holy Spirit that had been poured out upon them that they could acknowledge and give credit that it was Jesus that was making this happen. It was Jesus who had done this. It was the Holy Spirit, a miracle. So are we a religious zealot? Maybe. <laughs> I guess a zealot is one that took a political route and said, we are going to overtake the, the government. We are not that. We should not be that. According to Scripture, that is wrong. Jesus took Simon the zealot, and he made him an apostle, a follower of Jesus, said, be like me. Don't look to overthrow the government with this good news, but look to live in this world to display your good news in your daily Lifestyle, verse 34, for David himself never ascended into heaven. Yet he said, the Lord has said, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Making them a footstool under your feet. This is from Psalm 110, David. 
we looked at how David chose Mephibosheth with two crippled feet to sit at the king's table, to be treated the same as his own sons, even though he had two crippled feet. We look at David, who perhaps he chose Mephibosheth because he remembered how he was chosen. His seven brothers were brought before him. His own dad didn't even think he could be a contender, but he was chosen, and now he's sharing about what Jesus said, and now Peter is reflecting on what David said, that he would said that I will humble your enemies and make them a footstool under your feet. A footstool under your feet. This is from Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet, making them an ottoman, making them a place of rest and relaxation, making them a place where you could just sit down and put your feet up and not worry because they are a footstool under your feet. Now, who are your enemies? Because doesn't the Bible say, love your enemies? This is Matthew five forty four through 45. But I say to you, Jesus speaking, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So who is this that we are going to have underneath our feet? So that they may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Again, Matthew five forty five, so that you you may be sons so that you and they might be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son, S-U-N, rise on the evil and on the good. This is what we need to understand, that the enemies that we have as a footstool are not flesh and blood. As it says in Ephesians 6.12, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against spirits in the heavenly places. This is where we as Christians, as Wesleyans, believe in spiritual warfare. We believe in the miraculous resurrection of the person of Jesus. We believe that the Holy Spirit is with us, was sent to us to guide, to help, to strengthen, to empower us, because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, because we get mad at people. We are not understanding that there is something that God wants to change in our heart, in the depth of our core, that we would understand who he is. That we would understand that there is a spiritual fight over the souls of people that we are speaking to, that we find as our enemies. We want to be against the evil spirits in the heavenly forces. These are the enemies that Jesus says are underneath our feet. So in Acts, Peter continues, and we continue, Acts 2.36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, that God made Jesus both Lord and Christ. He gave him the title Messiah. He was the Son. He is the one that we follow. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, diaprio. They were cut to the heart, the heart by knowing this truth. They were cut to their core, diaprio. They were cut to the heart. And they asked again, what shall we do? What shall we do? What can this mean? How can this be? But instead of listening to those that said they're just drunk, don't listen to them anymore, they were saying, this makes sense. There's something that resonates with my core, being a creator. There's something that resonates with the creator that I need to cry out to, I need to reach out to. How 
can this be? What shall I do? And Peter responded, Peter responded, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift that was promised, that was the good news that would give you power to be his witnesses, to tell people about him everywhere. Repent and be baptized. If you have not been baptized, but you have repented, then let's get you in the water and baptize you. Talk to me. Let's figure this out because it is so important if you are trying to figure out life on your own and you have not repented, you've not turned away, you're still trying to release yourself into the struggle of this life by your own doing, then repent and say, Jesus, I need you. I choose to follow you. Repent and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, for the promise is for you. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And God is willing that none would perish, but all would come to know him. The promise is for you as David was chosen, not by his dad, not by Samuel even, but by God who said, no, I I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. As David was chosen, and later on, David chose Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet to sit at the king's table. As Joseph was chosen and chosen to endure many things, we can all give testimony to the promises for you and for your children. And for all who are far off, for all who are far off, what is our memory verse? That Jesus would come to seek and save those who are lost, those that are close, but those that are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. God is calling all of us, all of creation, all of his souls to know him. This is a promise that we have. This is the joy that we can be given. This is the answer to the cutting of our heart, to the core of our existence that Jesus is calling us to repent and be baptized to know his eternal life to be forgiven and know his salvation that even when you are given a diagnosis when you are admitted to hospice when you begin planning your own funeral that there is a joy unspeakable and full of glory that there is a peace that transcends all understanding that there's a hope in knowing that Jesus is the Savior and even more the lover of your soul. Oh, that we would know that and make that reality known to others, that they would know that Jesus is the lover of their soul as he is the lover of ours. Jesus, we thank you. And we lift up those that are in great pain. We pray for those that are having thoughts of ending their life and those that, because of medical reasons, are thinking about their end of life. Jesus, we pray for those that think that they have life figured out because they have what this world calls success, which is fleeting. We pray that as you've called all of your creation back to you, that we would take those steps to hold one another accountable in our vulnerability with great humility to say, 
It is your will that we desire. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.